I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to another uh, episode of Shafology. Yay, yay. You're here with your Shafologist. I'm Gracie Mack. That's Josh Javetta. Hey. And that's Asabi Goodman. Hi, people. And this week, ladies and gents, and every beautiful person in between, we're talking about jazz. 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 Yeah, soft jazz sometimes. <laughs> and all that jazz. And yeah, all, all and that all jazz. That um, that's right. I requested this episode. <laughs> This is a crazy Mac episode. Because the last one for RuPaul's, I was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, Josh is like, oh, yeah, I think that's a jazz song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Asabi knows it all. For <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, like I probably should have prepared something, you know. Like I love jazz, but I didn't yeah. prepare anything. So I'm just going to go off the cuff and there see how go. I go. Grace has, yeah. a, de- Grace Grace has a degree in the genre as no, well. No, the beginning of jazz. <laughs> 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 um, so... There's a lot of awesome documentaries you can watch. Um, often Winter Marsalis comes up in them. <laughs> it's a uh, documentary about jazz. If For those of you who don't know, it's an excellent, excellent trumpet player and band leader from America who is a huge jazz historian. He's just um, really immersed in the history of the music that he plays. Um, so we're going all the way back to the 1800s. And we're, this is a place called Congress Square in New Orleans in Louisiana. And this is, um, what's that quote that I found by, by Winton? You know what? I'm not going to scroll quick enough. Oh, my God, I found it. Every <laughs> strand, every strand <laughs> so of American weird. music comes directly from Congo Square. Yes, it does. Okay, okay. Now, this is just very quick. You know, we're not going to dip into the history for too long, but let's give you a quick overview of what we're going to be talking about with our playlist choices today. Uh, the, you know, obviously it's the 1800s. There's a huge slave population in the south in Louisiana. There's also free people of color. So it's this kind of mixture. There's the Creole uh, term that started. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't can't help it whenever I hear. (laughs) Lady Mama. Um, So so there's a mixture of a lot of slaves, but also some free people of color. And uh, there was the mayor made this ordinance that there's only certain areas, like I think at the back of the town, that um, people of color could congregate in large groups. And so a Sunday, day of rest, they would congregate in this area called Congress Square. And there was a lot of um, slaves that, for some reason, like the slave owners in Louisiana didn't try and squash the African roots as much as other places. It was just not as, as much of an iron fist, I guess, they were ruling with at that time in Louisiana. And so um, so a lot of their culture, they carried with them the languages, the music, so much of the history. And so they would congregate in Congress Square and it'd be this big party. They could suddenly express this culture that they had been ripped away from and been suppressed for so long. And so it was this really joyous experience and it was a lot mainly rhythm-based, you know, a lot of African drums. 
And so that's the basis of a lot of this music that we hear today. Uh, it's come from this like huge self-expression of um, in the face of oppression that is one day a week. And so then fast forward to the 1900s and we've got this guy called Buddy Bolden who was a cornet player, which is kind of like a trumpet, very similar to a trumpet. He, uh, I think he was in a marching band or some sort of like big band, stage band. And he decided to start kind of mess with the melody a little bit. And this is the first instance that we know about historically of improvising a melody. And so Buddy Bolden is often talked about as the father of jazz because improvisation is the framework of jazz. That's really the main thing that we're talking about here. And now we've gone through so many different stages since then. And now we're in this world of all of that influence, influencing our musicians today. And really our musicians that call themselves jazz musicians today are often fusion musicians. You know, they take a lot of different styles and they put them together. And that's my favorite thing about this music. There's like the swing era that some people think of with jazz. You know, it's kind of like if you're into pop, whatever you think of as pop music, it depends on your experience, how you grew up, your age, all that kind of stuff. It's similar with jazz. You know, it's like some people think of Ella Fitzgerald, that's jazz. Some people think of uh, Charlie Parker as that's jazz you know mm. so it really mm. depends on your interpretation of it it's a huge umbrella that we're going to talk about today so people hear Lady Gaga's cheek to cheek and go that's jazz <laughs> that is Said jazz I don't know what it is <laughs> There you go. That's a little brief history on our beautiful jazz that we're going to talk about today. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back soon. Hello, hello. Welcome back. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. We're talking about jazz. I'm very excited. Now, Josh. Yes. I saw the fear in your eyes. Yes. You probably felt the fear, too. Well, we were actually talking a little bit about this off air. about you know Josh was sharing that this feeling of like elitism that comes from jazz music or jazz musicians yeah if you haven't come from that school of training sometimes there is this um, this feeling of exclusivity yeah. which is just it's it's really sad because it's not at all the point of the music you know but yeah. I think when you get it's the same in the classical world like whenever you get to a music that can very easily be highly technical people start to think use that as like a way to yeah. stroke their ego sure and raise themselves above you and it's such a shame because it's like a music born out of oppression and now it's like skinny white dudes being like eh, you didn't play those changes right bro so dude why did you do the 9th to the 13th dudes. why don't you just like stay on the 7th like, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> sort know. of thing yeah cool cool cool, cool. Uh, yeah. well no no I'm very like I was just a little bit I had like a small moment of insecurity because like <laughs> because no because like these are probably all songs that I've sung you know multiple times at gigs all that kind of stuff and I've enjoyed it yeah um, but I know that there's like a whole like it's probably similar to my take on pop music where it's just like I know so much about mm-hmm. that genre yeah. of music so when people go oh yeah like Britney Spears I'm like yeah but like do you know do you actually know the Britney Spears like <laughs> the influence <laughs> and the cultural impact yeah, like, yeah. it's exactly so, like yeah, that yeah, exactly, it's the same. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right so I've chosen so I've gone like real like American songbook mm-hmm. standards mm-hmm. Um, probably so, so for people out there you don't have to feel bad about liking these songs um, no. un- un- unless it's autumn leaves no I'm just <laughs> 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 no, no, just joking, just joking. So the first one off the bat, because I just love to perform this, um, it's called Orange Coloured Sky. Oh, yeah, I love A beautiful oh. standard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I performed it last year at the Jazz Club, actually, funnily did enough. You? Yeah, Sabi and I did the same gig with our, yes. with our Yas Queen. Yas Queen. Yeah. Oh, true. So we've got Paula yeah. and T and um, Mel and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just talking like everyone knows them. They're, they're good friends <laughs> and colleagues of ours. Yeah. And we did, um, so it was actually like, I have to say it actually was my idea. Um, oh. So um, I, 
I was in my own show because it was a Chris, it was around Christmas time. I had done Man with the we were doing Man with the Bag. And that's the one that goes up. Oh, Mr. Kringle, you soon gonna jingle the bells that'll tingle all your troubles away. Everybody's waiting for the Man with the Bag because Christmas is coming again. And I was like, this sounds like Orange Cold Sky. The same progression. Man with the Bag is has a very different meaning in my house. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say what. And I so I said to Paula one night, I was like, can we like mix? Orange Colored Sky and then go back into the chorus of Man with the Bag right. and she was like yeah she goes yeah it actually is basically the same progression as Orange Colored Sky let's do it and then we did it in my show and then Paul was like hey can you come sing in our show can we just do Man with the Bag nice. um, with Orange Colored Sky like yeah and I love it like I was walking along minding my business so good went out of yeah. the Orange Colored Skies flash bam uh, alakazam wonderful oh. you came by um so really and I just love that uh, I think when I hear hear someone do this song really really well like it makes me happy to hear it too it's mm, like because yeah. it really is a crowd pleaser I think when people hear I was walking along so people start clapping <laughs> sort of thing and then flash flash bam bam yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's got some showmanship written it in does the song, and I think that's cool. my favourite type of jazz that mm, showman mm-hmm. almost big band like yeah, sort of yeah, thing yeah, totally. where you like you know you really do have like a big cohort of musos around you and mm. you're just adding your element to the whole thing yeah. you know yeah. Uh, so yeah so that's Song number one, tick. There we go. Orange, well done. Orange coloured sky. Love it. All right, next. Um, a classic, if you will. Uh, we were just talking about this song. I, I actually wrote Autumn Leaves in this one as well. <laughs> and I wrote it for the nostalgia because I, I remember. Um, Back when I was in university, I studied pop music at uni, and um, for you had to do for your final year, you had to do a final recital. I think most degrees have that, like yeah, you yeah, had to like a final yeah. concert as your uh, you final don't have that performance in performance degree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, oh, yeah. Engineering, engineering does that. You didn't have a final thing where you like showcase your work. Actually, we did. No, yeah. it would have been, or, or like <laughs> when someone do does their thesis design. or their yeah. you know yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, well, okay. in performance degrees, yes, you have like your final recital, and anyway, but even musos had to have their own final recital as well so what they would yeah. do is they would so if you were studying bass you would have to like get a band of people to play with you and a singer mm-hmm. but you had to have moments that you were showing off your bass chops that's how you got assessed yeah, yeah and so yeah. I was brought in to play keys because I play piano as well that's a secret dirty secret of mine. I know don't ask me to play for your gigs I'll definitely say no but, um, <laughs> but anyway so yeah so I had to play keys and sing and uh, he was like oh I want to do autumn leaves and like do like a because he wanted to show how versatile he was so we did mm. like from Red Hot Chili Peppers to a pop song to like Tell Me Something Good to Autumn Leaves. Like it was a very like um, eclectic um, mm. playlist or set list. And so I actually had to learn it and I remember I had to play the chord progression and everything like that. And I remember going, because I hadn't really like had a big foray into jazz then. But then once I did it, I was like, oh, maybe I can sing this stuff, like sort of thing. Mm. I mean, it's been a journey since, uh, to, to say <laughs> the least. But um, yeah, so the falling leaves around. And I like that you can have many different takes on this song as well yeah. like the way that we did it was that we started off with just piano and myself and then and then we went into time after one chorus sort of thing mm. and and t- 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 and then the bass because because you can have a walking bass in it if you wanted to you could like there's so many different ways you can yep. approach the song um but we approached you yeah, had to start off really acoustic and then bring in the time that was uh cool. i there's but i couldn't do we know who the original artist of it because it's it's been covered that well it's written time. by joseph cosma but That's he's like one. a tim 
Tim Pennelly dude. Right. Um, like it's not he wasn't that original artist. But yeah, so the I mean the most famous one, so hard to say. Yeah. Does Ella sing the song? Yeah, yes. I think she everybody yeah. sings, she, she has yeah. at some point, but it's not like a signature song of hers. No, it's yeah. not. Because I like her one. I like her um song. Uh, her cover of "Someone to Watch Over Me." I think mm, yeah, that's, that's a nice a, one. That could be um, the, well, Miles Davis, his version is very famous of "What on Leaves." Oh, that's okay. a big one. Like he's playing trumpet. But oh yeah, that's what that's the that's the version that I hear in my head. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. yeah. Cool, I think cool, Eva cool. Cassidy did a version. Oh, she did. Yeah, but it wasn't like a jazz style. No, she's like a jazz guitar thing. Love her cover of "Fields of Gold." Anyway, all right. So yeah, so we've got orange colored sky. Stay in the orange theme. Autumn leaves. Um, and so the next one this is actually one of my favourite standards of all time and I've never I'm like still waiting for like the right moment to perform this and I don't know when it's going to be but it'll happen one day and it's uh, the classic My Funny Valentine oh beautiful Um, I've heard now we've heard many 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 renditions I was thinking of the Ella one because I love them I also love Frank Sinatra's one too because Mm. it's like a totally different oh shit I hit (laughs) it's attached to your face it's attached to my head we got Madonna mics guys don't worry about it anyway yeah so and, and Fra- I like Frankie's one too because it's like a totally like different spin where it's yeah. like you know he's singing about a woman or you can do the opposite where the woman's singing about the man mm. I mean I don't really live in that binary so <laughs> it could be about anybody but um, mm. with that I just love that it's that whole thing well it really does pose a question because it's like do I love this person because they make me laugh or do mm. they make me feel great or uh, but they happen to be ugly yeah exactly <laughs> you know what I mean like, I, it's I've really, always felt that yes, way as well like, like, she just called him ugly. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, is this? And then I look yeah, at myself. Yeah, I don't think it's that a romantic <laughs> message, yeah. really. And then I think, what if so? If anyone ever dedicated the song to me, I'd probably take it really personally. But then, but I love like the melody is so like it's well the versions that I like of it because there's many different versions of this song as well mm. is that melancholic feeling that you get at the beginning yeah. of it. I love that was just piano. Um, in fact, if I ever did it myself, I would just do it with piano, possibly mm. string in the back sort of thing just mm. because like, she, she loves the drama she, she <laughs> I was about to say that's pretty heavy if you're yeah, going to yeah. stick some strings yeah, back yeah she lives for yeah, the drama yeah like ignore the rest of the other instruments <laughs> yeah. that yeah, you yeah. might have yeah. just straight just for a string exactly. yeah. <laughs> she, she's bougie I just strip back yeah exactly well you know, I'm bougie I can aff- uh, yeah yeah uh, I, 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 buy, I buy Dyson's and Nutribulls yeah. I'm very very, very, very bougie anyway mm. um, I digress <laughs> but yeah but I love the whole um uh, what's it? Um, is your figure less than Greek? Yes. Is your mouth a little weak? When you open it to speak, are you smiling? Yeah, like she was a dumb <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You ugly, you any dumb. <laughs> you was not kind, you was not thought, you was yeah. not important. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my friend and I used to say that to each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just like holding each other's faces, you is kind. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but I love it. And, but, uh, because it, it's a melody that's not intuitive like you really I, like I find I have to really think about that melody like mm. similar to like when you like in, in musical theatre land when you sing Sondheim it's so against your natural inclination yeah. to what you hear in your ear which is very like, so it's a great challenge to have you know but I, then at the end I just love each day is Valentine's Day 
Valentine's Day. And I think that's really nice because really. Yeah, nice, yeah, sweet resolution. So at the end. maybe it's that, but maybe if you put a more positive spin on it, it's like to the world standards, you're maybe not like a supermodel, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, gorgeous Instagram, if we put it into modern times, Instagram mm-hmm. looking, you know, model sort of thing. <laughs> you need a filter. Yeah, sort of thing. <laughs> but I think you're beautiful. And that's why I think every day is Valentine's Day with you. And then I go, okay, maybe I can take, oh. <laughs> maybe I can use that positive intent for, yeah, <laughs> for the whatever song. Whatever you need to get you through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> maybe you just don't say anything at That's all. That's true you know? at all. But I kind of imagine myself like, and I've sung this song, and there's just one spotlight on me with the piano mm-hmm. and the strings apparently in the yes. background. And then no drums, no yeah, bass. And because I'm just who I am, I know I'm going to do a five note descend on it. I'll just go. Each day is Valentine's Day. I know. I know. I know that's how. I know that's how. And I know that's how I'll end it. And I won't even think about it. It'll happen as well. Oh. I remember that in like first year jazz course, my teacher was like, "Yeah, a bit too many melismas." It's like. <laughs> So offended. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Um, well, well, this is not R and B one hundred and one. This is jazz one hundred and one. But, yeah. but you know what's really really interesting is that like for me like I guess like melismatic anything is a natural inclination, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's ornamental. It's not fundamental. That's how I yeah, think about it. Totally. Yeah. And I think because I, I never ever plan riffs. Like I never sit down and go, "I'm going to riff here. I'm going to riff here." Mm, yeah. I, I literally just like feel it, and then whatever happens, happens, sort of thing. Mm. And so when but but with people have to think about riffing, they probably think that you're like you've planned everything out, and they think that it's more gratuitous than what it probably well, is. I th- well, I well, yeah. like with with that particular teacher, it was, you know, it, it gets into this whole argument of like fit to your genre or not, and sure. and and it's you know I suppose like when you're in university, it's you know they're critiquing you on an art form which is already a strange concept, yes. you know, because it's already so heavily based well, in just for, opinion. Yeah, well, I guess for it to be a tertiary education sort of thing, they have a criteria. Yeah, they have to, to meet. Yeah, 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 they have to give you like basically a crash course in all the things that tick the boxes, and then you can go with your degree and go do what you actually want to do. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, he was meaning like that's not appropriate for a jazz stylized vocal. Yeah. Because mm. it's not. It's not seen as it comes from the pop idiom. But you know whatever. But you know I'm a fu- <laughs> I'm, I'm a fusion. I'm artist. a fusion. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fusion. I'm one of those modern jazz guys. Yeah, exactly. Talked about earlier. You call it jazz. <laughs> I, uh, I I sing jazz in bamboo hoop earrings. Yeah, that's actually good. But that's, that's, so that's three choices. I didn't realize that my section was going to be longer than this. I thought I was going to be done in four minutes. But mm. I was. Um, um, I love also Lullaby Birdland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like yeah. so many covers of it. Mm-hmm. I actually recently was just first in Mariah Carey's cover of this. I just have a cover. And. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. And it was a recording that she did back in 2014 for the Jazz Festival. I think it was the New Orleans Jazz <laughs> Festival. What the fuck did you do that? <laughs> no, no, she was, well, no, no, she was um, asked to headline. That's like, it's yeah. such a shame. Like, what? I think Elton John headlined the last, or not the last, but one of the New Orleans Jazz Festivals. Like, why? Yeah. 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 Why well, and Cr- Christian Aguilera's headlined a oh year as well. Oh like, God. it's just the, a ton of. Yeah, yeah it's, I think, I, I think oh, it's a ticket thing, I think, as yeah, well. Totally. Because yeah. really, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a huge market out there for jazz. It's and crossover. Followers. 
but the crossover, I guess, makes them more money because they're totally, like, yeah. Totally, yeah. 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 It gives them, like, figures. That or that's why you have, have someone like Kendrick Lamar playing at the Byron Blues, Blues Festival. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or, anyway. Anyway, we don't go What's your last one? Yeah, so Lullaby Birdland, and I just love, yeah, um, you could fit many songs in that progression too. Like, you could, do, like, but Lullaby Birdland, like, musically, sounds like a mashup of many jazz standards that I know of in my life. Like, that's mm. what it feels like to me. Similar to Orange Colored Sky, you know, you could fit, or Fly Me, oh, we'll talk about that later. Like, just, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you could definitely do a mashup, like a glee mashup of many yeah. songs in that progression. <laughs> and the last one I've chosen, because I love um, Sammy Davis Jr.'s version of this, which is Lady is the Tramp. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, nice. Which I love, but also... But you um, don't like Lady Gaga no, and Tony I, No, 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 no. Gracie doesn't like I Lady Gaga. Oh, right, no, okay. I actually okay. liked the Tony Bennett Lady Gaga okay. um, of yeah. this song. Um, I, but I think we've talked about this when we talked about just the Lady Gaga, Gaga yes. episode, yeah. how her Cheek to Cheek album was not really a jazz... Uh, well, I, I was just saying, no, like, I mean, it is, you know, yeah, yeah. like, it's like it's huge big good. band arrangements yeah, yeah. and, you know, like, it's all of the Incredible boxes ticks. I, I just don't like that approach to jazz that's really, like, theatre jazz. Right. Yeah. Of, like, Which, and, she, and yeah. like, I didn't I didn't like how she sounded. And a basically. lot of musical theatre um, actors and actresses on Broadway, that when they do, like, a like a gig at, like, Joe's Pub or Studio mm-hmm. 54, no, 54 Below and all that, they um, their tone naturally inclines them to sing jazz standards as well. Like, yep. mm. Megan Hilty from... From Smash. I love Megan Hill. She can like she can sing all that kind of shit. Like um, yeah. I get. She's I lo- very talented. Yeah, um, I love that yeah, song. Um, is, come yeah. on, get um, chase all your fears away. I'll sh- I'll get happy. Like she has an mm-hmm. incredible version of that. Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I just love it. I, I mean, I like it as a duet. I also like it when someone just sings it. Like just, <laughs> just yeah, just as a solo, just as a solo sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I like that it references New York really, really well. Like mm. in, in that way, which I think is a really, really cool thing. And I just like that he's like basically saying like I have a high maintenance girl yeah. <laughs> that I date, but she knows she's high maintenance too. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like, I'm starving. It's <laughs> the original I'm version yeah. of Uptown Girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly, truly. So yeah, that, that, they're my uh, they're my choices. Amazing. Lovely. Thank you. That was nice to hear. You know, you didn't smash through because you were invested in your choice there. I was, especially yeah. my funny like Valentine hear. apparently. Or else yeah, yeah. You've got a whole production going <laughs> yeah, on for I that d- one. Mostly do. Yes. Welcome to my life. Well, stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back soon with the Southeast Choices. I have to talk. That's right. (laughs) There we go. All right. Well, if you've been lying under the pillow whilst I've been talking, good for you. Dove under. Uh, good for you. Once well, you heard on and leave. Yeah, exactly. All, all the jazz musos started hiding. They were yeah. just like, this is not jazz. No, I'm just joking. joking. Uh, all right. Well, I've contributed to the playlist, well uh, which will be available straight after this episode, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. And now we're going to hear what Asabi chose. Yes. Hello. And I just have to say that Asabi sounds beautiful singing jazz. I have Aww, witnessed it firsthand. You. Same. Yes. Oh, yes. Actually, I've also heard Gracie sing jazz. Yes. And it's beautiful she's as well. Amazing so. as well. Oh, have you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Girl, Grace is like, what? You've been in my gigs? I've stalked you online. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of online. Gracie Mac music, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to keep it quite short because also like Josh, I'm not a learned jazz musician. I just, I'm just black. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like the highest credential of all. <laughs> 
So I can I can sing this shit. (laughs) So my first tune is "Take the A Train" by Duke Ellington. Now this is a Billy Strayhorn tune. Who wrote the music? uh, 1939, and it's one of Duke's. It's one of the Duke Ellington Orchestra's signature tunes. It was featured in the film "Revel with Beverly," where the vocalist. So there are lyrics to that tune. They were written by Joya Sherrill, a young twenty-something who was just extremely poised. And so Duke asked her to come along and sing and record the song. But in the film, Revel with Beverly, the vocalist is Betty Roche. Now, originally, this tune, (laughs) when um, Billy Strayhorn wrote it, he didn't like it because he thought it sounded too similar to a Fletcher Henderson arrangement, who was a jazz musician back in the day. So he crumpled it up and he threw it away. And Duke fished it out and was like, no, I like it. Let's, let's sing this song and it's based on the directions that Ellington gave to Strayhorn to get to his home so you take the A train to um, get to Sugar Hill way up up in Harlem Harlem. that's right (laughs) no way I didn't know there was directions yeah there was there was the new A train so it's actually a subway um, a subway train but yeah so that's take the A train and I love I do enjoy this song it's it is just really beautiful and Duke's on Mm. piano and got his whole orchestra behind him because it, it is sort of big band leaning, but I consider it is a jazz standard. It's a jazz standard. Certainly, yeah. Have you heard the Ella version? I have not heard it's the Ella cool version. version. I need yeah. to listen to that though. Yeah, it's I great. do like similar Ella. like vibe. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like tempo and stuff. But she yeah. does like this. She does her Ella thing. Yeah. <laughs> she does oh, like she's a big like the old queen thing. of scat. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> totally is. Yeah. Oh, well, and speaking of Ella, my second song is Mr. Paganini. Oh, yeah. Which is, if you, ha- if you can't sing it, then you have to swing it. Which was introduced to me by Gracie Mack when... It was introduced to me by Emily. Really? So, yeah. I've oh. never heard it before. Oh, I had no idea. It was idea. on the show that we did together with her. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Love that Emily. <laughs> I just did the chart for her, but I didn't... No, I you did it for me. Oh, for you. Thank yeah, you. you did it for me. Yeah, right. But I you just, were the one I just learned it from, oh. from you teaching. That's really me to do funny. The chart. Yeah. I, th- I thought... Here's Emily. Sorry. Oh, sorry. So Emily is <laughs> she's another a local singer that I work with on, on, in one of my tribute shows. Do I know her? I don't think you do. Okay. Wait, does she know me? Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> that was just <laughs> That's a great thing to say. <laughs> I just my head like, just exploded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like I don't look. I'm looked at. <laughs> And we're done. Thank you. Yeah. I don't add people on Facebook. They add me. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah so, anyway. <laughs> so this song, it's one of Ella's signature songs. And it was one of the first songs that she recorded. So back, She recorded this back in 1936. And I'm always shocked at the fact that Ella was singing in 1936, knowing that mm. she was still alive in 2007. She was 90 in 2007. Yeah, crazy. Holy holy. Yeah, you know, so just... To, and, and I've heard the song. It's amazing. And I'm like, damn, she was singing in 1936. Anyway, mm. um, it's considered one of her signature songs. She performed it at almost every live concert. And it's one of the first songs to feature her scat. And if you've ever listened to an Ella song, she, she scats. Even if it's just like three beats of a scat, she scats in almost everything that she does. It's, it's pretty iconic. And it's amazing to listen to her and how she does that. But uh, she's Ella to me is one of the great 
crooners of the age. And I just love how versatile she is with her voice and the range of her voice. Like I'm actually learning one of her songs um, at the moment. Um, Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most. You know that song? Mm -hmm. So I'm learning that song. And it starts down on this low E flat sort of note. And it goes all the way up to, I think it hits a C5. But it, it's just a wide range of notes in the song. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And I think she's an amazing singer. So this song was also recorded by Shaka Khan and Natalie Cole for a tribute to Ella. There was an album that they put out for her 90th birthday. And then when they performed the tribute concert, the song was performed by Natalie Cole and Patty Austin. So I don't know where Shaka Khan was. Maybe she was off doing some Shaka stuff. Um, <laughs> Shaka stuff. <laughs> That's right. Shaka. So this was in 2007 when, um, when Ella turned 90. But I love, I love this song because it, you know, it kind of, Mr. Paganini please play my rhapsody and it's just this really beautiful sweet and then it goes into and if you cannot sing it you'll simply have to this is bringing it back to me doing yes. that show. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did actually Ella's, perform Ella's it. Ella's excellent at, um, at so many things, but she she did so many, like, hammy, hammy songs. Yeah. Yeah. And she just, like, churned them out. She yep. got so many songs. I'm like, oh, what were you thinking? Well, she, like, she won a Grammy for her live performance of Mac the Knife in Germany. Yeah, Where yeah. she forgot the freaking lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She forgot the lyrics and just and made shit up. But she, well, she just made shit up. Yeah, like, she just like, made, she, like, made, made up. Like, she, like, made up some... Yeah, uh, and she, and she, and like, yeah, she just sang whatever came to or didn't come. I don't know. She just made shit up. And she won a Grammy. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> so that's how you, win a, you just make shit up. It's the anyway. power of Ella. Yeah, she's, she's pretty <laughs> fucking amazing. Anyway, that's Mr. Paganini. <laughs> Done with that. I I love that song because of the, the, the difference, the transition in it going from such a crooning song to this like heavy scat and then it comes right back down so mm. yeah it's just I think it's beautiful Gracie hates it but I think <laughs> it's beautiful anyway my next tune is Take Five by the Dave Brubeck Quartet mm -hmm. and uh, this is what 1959 on their Time Out album so this was yeah. back when government actually paid musicians to travel um, <laughs> right yeah it doesn't happen anymore and he, Dave was challenged to, or to compose an album that used different time signatures. So he'd just come back from Europe and he'd heard a bunch of these different sort of beats and melodies. And so he, he was given a grant, I guess, what would have been equivalent to a grant to write an album of like some different time signatures. Mm. So um, he had this amazing drummer, Joe Morello, who was like you know, really well-versed in the 5-4 time signature. And so he really wanted a song where he could you know, feature his drumming. And so Dave went to his sax player, Paul Desmond, and said, hey, I want you to write a tune feature Joe. And so Paul wrote Take Five. Which yeah. is in the five four, so it's a yeah, and it's you've got this the piano and bass playing that over and over throughout the song, so they're vamping that over and over, and then it features the saxophone quite heavily, so the saxophone plays the melody throughout the song, which makes sense since it was written by a sax player, and then towards the end, you've got this epic drum solo that just comes in as dun 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 you know, it's just like what the hell? Yeah, it's really cool. You like work. 
works with accents instead of like flashy chops. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like so many drum solos are. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. So accents it's are the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's like he just does that. He's not. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very it's it's it sounds simplistic, but it's not. Yeah. So now, <laughs> one of the funny things about it though, because you know we're so used to hearing like three four or four four, and working in five four was quite difficult for the band. So much so that they, when they started recording it, after about 40 minutes, they had so many failed attempts to stay on time and to stay with each other that their producers was like, yeah, that's it. We're done. Oh my God, we're we're going to call it. <laughs> and, and that was in, that was in June. And so they took a break for like a week and then they came back in July and they finished recording it. But right. so like, I mean, these, these are guys that are, you know, professional jazz musicians and they still struggled yeah. with that. Well, it's, it's so crazy to hear that because um, like take five now is what you teach. Yeah. Anyone who yeah. wants, who's trying to get anyone, even primary school, it's yeah. like because it's such a well-known riff and they make it groove so well. It's like you can get five four so easily from that. Like all, all just yeah. musicians starting in five go to that tune, so they yep. didn't have that reference tune. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, yeah that's I remember right. when I first learned take five just on the piano and just like the inclination of like, oh, it's so hard to play in five four. Mm. Like, well, the way they do it, they split it up so it's like one two three one two one two yeah. three. Well, that one, once two. I realized, so yeah. I actually didn't end up counting in five. Yeah. I just had to hear the do da do da do da and that's how I actually yeah. was able to get the timing instead than like counting one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. This was one of the no, first. That's, yeah, that's the way you make it groove. Yeah. Because yeah. if you try to count like or in seven one, or nine two, three, or whatever four, odd four, thing, five, then, yeah. you, then you get stuck into those beats. Yeah. yeah. But then if you yeah make a groove over it like the clave like they're using, yes. mm. suddenly mm. it has a feel to it and you can get into it. Yeah. 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 And so like this was the first song that I learned to play on my saxophone when I was really? in like grade six. Yeah. <laughs> a tricky song yeah. for the first song. Well, uh, because I learned to play by ear first yeah. and then started working with a teacher once I got to school because um, I didn't go to school until I was in grade 6. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that, so I, I love, school in bitches, like, <laughs> yeah. I grew up in the country, <laughs> we didn't have school, no, <laughs> so take five and, and it's one of my dad's favorite albums as well, so I really, and one of the funny things about this song is that there are lyrics to it, so Don Partridge wrote lyrics in 1972, I don't know what they are, but I know that there's a woman who's famous for singing them, and I can't remember her name, but she, um, do you I remember? I don't know who that is, but I know Al Jarreau is yep, quite, Al quite Jarreau. famous yep. for his version yeah. of it, um, yeah, okay. there's always, like, that always happens, like, some singer who, they're usually amazing, but they mm. write lyrics, and they're always so lame, yeah, <laughs> so, like, they're always so why did lame. you go along, and dun, 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 yeah, just take five, yeah, take five, and it's yeah. like, it's, like, it's yeah. dumb, yeah. <laughs> nobody ever, I've, like, I've never actually seen anybody perform it with lyrics, but anyway, yeah, neither have I, yeah, yeah. and never, never, never do it, just don't, <laughs> all right, <laughs> you hear that, people, <laughs> jazz singers, if you're out there, please do not sing this song, I mean, do okay. what you want, but it's like, but I won't yeah. enjoy it, <laughs> we will we throw in daggers it. at you, if we're we gonna come talk to about you on gig. this podcast, that's right, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I digress. All right, my next tune um, is a is is song for my father by Hor ah. the Horace Silver Quintet. I love 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 this tune. I just think it's it like I so there are lyrics to this as well. Um, and I sing this for my dad a lot. <laughs> so I do sing it to him. So this is from 1964 from the album Song for My Father. Um, it has a bossa nova feel to it, which um, 
It's just, and it features this um, ostinato bass line that ostinato. just ostinato. Yes, I know. I'm using some big words. Yeah, so it's a bass rap. And then it's got solos by Silver on piano and his sax player Joe Henderson, and it's just you know, a beautiful song. And it's just like do 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 and I just it's just so smooth and yeah, I think the lyrics are by Ellen May, and I don't know if I'm saying this right. Shashoyan, that sounds. And and I now I've found a couple of different sets of lyrics for this song. And I think one was originally written by Horace Silver, and I'm like, oh, oh really? Like, I've never heard it sung. Oh yeah, it's, and then the Leon Thomas is the version that I'm used to hearing with okay. lyrics. So if there were ever a man who oh, was just, I have, I, that. I have totally heard that. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never, Price. never live. I mean, like I've never seen it a gig done. Oh really? Well, yeah. you haven't come to enough of my gigs oh, then. <laughs> anyway. I, I <laughs> <laughs> Let's just roast each other about gig attendance. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> right? Mm, anyway. Um, <laughs> this song was written for his father, who actually features on the album cover. So... And it's one of Silver's best-known compositions. It is a jazz standard. It's been, like, by t- as of 2014, there were over 180 recordings of this song. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's one of those songs that's just super, super popular. Um, all right. So that's, that's my fourth choice. My last choice is this song has a huge, has lots of meaning to probably me and my little brother. <laughs> and it's called Welcome to the St. James Club by the Rippingtons. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah it's a beautiful song this is the song so when we were kids the song came out in 1990 so I think it was my first year in high school or my last year in middle school so the way my dad would wake us up in the morning he would go to the bottom of the stairs so our rooms were upstairs in the house and he'd go to the bottom of the stairs and he would yell wake up and then he'd start playing this song super loud (laughs) throughout the whole freaking house and we just hear this you know and it's like oh my god all right we're awake and it was such an upbeat and a happy sort of tune you know and so we were just like okay okay we're gonna start the day yay and I think that's why I'm a morning person to this day I just remember being woken up by such fun happy upbeat music jazz music yay um so this is off the album Welcome to the St. James Club which was their fourth studio album 1990 um and it does kind of it it kicks off in a kind of mellow mood and then as it goes into the chorus it does that thing again it's got this Caribbean beat to it it's got horns and and it's got this sort of chorusy vocal like it's a really light chorusy vocal scat that's kind of singing the melody (laughs) throughout but it's just a fun upbeat uplifting song it was the number one album on the billboard jazz chart and i think it did well for the rippingtons they're a really well-known smooth jazz band over in the u.s yeah they're huge um and that's it (laughs) those are my choices how amazing (laughs) 
Josh is like, I do not know what you just talked about. No, I'm just on Spotify going, oh, yeah, Horace Silver, yes. Uh-huh. Heavy, <laughs> heavy Hancock, yeah. 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 Familiar. <laughs> yeah. Something about um, uh, waking up in the morning. Just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> it is great. Well, thank you so much for your choice, this is Sabi. I can't wait to listen to these on the playlist. <laughs> no, I am. I'm being serious. Okay. Um, um, and we're just going to have a small little break. And when we come back, we're going to listen to what Gracie Matcha is, all right? Stay tuned. And welcome back, yes. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you had tuned in to another fine episode of Shuffology with myself, Asabi Goodman, Josh Devetta, and the beautiful Gracie Mack. Today, we are talking all things jazz. And I would like to turn it over to Miss Gracie Mack, our mm-hmm. resident jazz specialist, to find out what... Scholar of the, scholar, of the genre. Our yes. musicologist, our jazz musicologist. <laughs> I was thinking that on the way here. I was like, in this room I am now. That's exciting. Yeah. Because in so many other rooms I'm not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, it's like when I'm... Like, I would like to think that I'm a very highly intelligent human being. Yeah. Except when it comes to flat pack. Like, putting oh, right. Like, flat pack furniture. <laughs> oh, true. I, oh. I, I feel so dumb that I can't put it together. Oh, and, I, and, then I, and then I go, is this how my friends feel when they're around me? Like, just dumb all the time? Like, <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> Next time you need to put a flat pack together, call a bitch. I can yeah, put that. I'm flat an pack, engineer. waffles and fried chicken. I'm yes. Oh my yes. We're going to have a day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, anyway Gracie Mac. All right. Do tell. All right. So I decided to go, I mean, you know, I have a great love of jazz. Um, and in, in a lot of its forms, but it hasn't been, you know, my world since uni, you know, like it was very jazz heavy <laughs> for three years. And then, and then I started to branch out and get into all the other music that I love and sort of using the elements of jazz that I learned to help make that music more cohesive and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just, I figured that you guys would go for um, like probably like 30s to 60s era, yep. which you pretty much did apart from that one, Rippington's one I'm eager to hear. Um, but so I figured I'd go new school. I figured that a lot of people have a, a big misunderstanding of, I've heard like a lot, of, it's always like a middle-aged dad, let's be real. It's always like, <laughs> isn't jazz dead? Oh they always God. like to say that. And I'll be like, I don't want to give you any of my emotional <laughs> time. <laughs> to have this discussion with you because this clearly isn't a discussion. But the actual discussion around that <laughs> is um, is like, yeah, if, you, if you're talking about jazz when it was pop music, when it was swing, mm. totally. Like that's not the pop music anymore. So yeah. But, um, but jazz at its core is this improvisational music that just like hip hop is this expression of culture. It's a cultural movement, not just a musical movement. And that's my favorite thing about it. It's also my favorite thing about hip hop and why I love them so much. Um, so my first song, um, from a band called Snarky Puppy. You guys familiar with them? Yes. Heard of them? Yeah. Very much. Yeah. yeah. So I I've chosen... I think doing a lot of like, head shaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm getting educated. Yeah. I sh- well, I should it's say great, my actually. parents, because my dad is a huge jazz aficionado. Like if the two of you met, you would have a field day okay. chatting with each other. And Shout my dad freaking <laughs> loves Snarky Puppy. Oh, great. Yeah. He's okay, seen Papa. Yeah. That oh, sounds great. He goes on a jazz cruise every year. So. <laughs> yeah. Jazz cruise, I would imagine it would be really stuffy. Is it not stuffy? Mm, no, because it's mostly smooth jazz. Yeah, that's it's, what I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Is that stuffy? Yeah. Like, a, 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 yeah. I'm just thinking my mom used to go on jazz cruises when I was 
kid and they were always so boring. And it was um, like it was like an old jazz band. Everyone in the jazz band is super old, like 80 plus. No, I guess it's like a lot of the new people, a lot of the newer jazz musicians. Oh, cool. And they get to that's hang with them. jazz crews. Yeah, so they actually get to meet the musicians and hang with the musicians as yeah, well. Right. Yeah, right. Well, that's, that's way better than I'm stuffy. <laughs> <laughs> Off the docks of Sydney. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is in the Caribbean. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it's already cool, better. Yeah, already yeah. way okay. better. Anyway. Um, so Snuggy Puppy, the song I've chosen is Lingus, which is a huge song. If you guys are Snuggy Puppy fans, you would know them. Um, it's from a huge album from 2014 called We Like It Here. Um, it's a group's ninth album. They're a pretty prolific group. Uh, they started, they usually have about 10 members, but it'll range from a lot of different things. And the members are all just motherfuckers. Like they're all amazing in their own right. And they all have their own groups and they come together and they do these albums together and they're always amazing. Mm. Um, so on this particular track, there's 14 people playing. We got four keyboards. Okay, four. One of those is a Fender Rhodes, so like three keyboards and a Rhodes. Three guitars, percussionist, drummer, bass, two trumpets, two saxes. That's a little too much. <laughs> Excess. I mean, Josh is Josh is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just, I'm just trying to figure out the budget. I was like, oh. yeah. Are they getting five dollars each to play? So this is <laughs> this is why know. jazz is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, it's not economical. <laughs> so this, um, you can look up this on YouTube. The the band has many times, and this is one of their most famous ones. Um, they record these albums in a live studio session. So there's so it's a um, live session that they've uploaded to YouTube, and there's an audience sitting there with headphones on. Oh wow! In on the session. Yeah. So sometimes you hear a little bit of clapping in amongst mm-hmm. the tracks and whatever. Um, but it's really exciting because because everyone is such a motherfucker in the band and the music is so intensely arranged but there's also all these improvisational elements where people get to showcase their um, musical voices it, um, they all just do it in like the one take in one session wow. together and they film it and so you can see everyone's reaction so it's a really like energetic exciting yeah. way to record and it really translates into the do music they dub off, do they dub over mistakes or is it just like in they just do it I they mean, don't make it. mistakes it's, it's improvisation it's jazz <laughs> Well, so yeah. there there is some improvisation, and of course there'd be some things that they weren't happy with, but right. it's like part of the whole thing. Yeah, you know? they don't have a singer, do they? Um, no, so it's an instrumental band. Sure, they did have like the so the band leader Michael League is the guy who started it, and he is the bass player, and sometimes plays Moog bass as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he described the band as a pop band that improvises a lot without vocals, which I mean, like someone who likes pop, band. like <laughs> Josh, if you were to listen to this song, you'd be like, ah, this ain't a pop group, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like it's definitely not. And if I start singing, Pop, are you going to embrace me or? Yeah. <laughs> they but kick they, you out. You may you may know these guys. They, so they've done two albums where they had uh, called both were called, called Family Dinner Volume One and Volume Two, where they had guest vocalists coming on on each song. Amazing. Which is really cool because it was like very different flavors, and it was like sometimes the vocalist own song or they'd figure out a song together. And Layla Hathaway made a very famous one where she is improvising and she sings a chord. You guys seen that one? I have. It's a pretty it. famous. I'm surprised you haven't. Oh, it did the rounds singer. ages ago. Well, sort of. I mean, like she's, you know, Donny Hathaway. It's mm-hmm. his daughter, daughter Layla Hathaway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she sings a song and then she's like improvising and it's really cool. And it's like, it's a very like, um, like R&B soul influence song. Um, and then she, yeah, sings like a three note chord <laughs> while she's improvising and then does a little riff and oh, then no, goes back I've again. I've seen that video a few yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised if you hadn't. It does done the rounds so many times. So that that's, that's Snarky Puppy with her. And so right. that's where a lot of people would probably know them from. Okay. Um, and, I, and the band lose their minds. They're like, <laughs> and they watch her do it. And that's like another one of those live recorded sessions. 
musicians. Yeah, wow. Um, okay. So, but this particular song, Lingus, um, a lot of people who are fans of the band would know there's this very famous synth solo in it by Corey Henry, the keyboard player. Um, it's really, really long. For I mean, yeah, it's quite a long solo, and it's really it builds up really massively. And it's super intense, and it's it's yeah a very famous solo known throughout the fans. <laughs> it's not oh, I know, I know who Layla Hathaway is. Now. Yeah, I just, I just, no, no. Yeah. She, I, I saw her. She's on this. I, I watched this show called the Terrell Show on um, YouTube. Okay, and he he's famous for this game called Song Association, where he says a word they have to think of the song in ten seconds. Yeah, okay. and she's on that show. That's why I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. She has her own like yeah. singing career. She's great. She's really good. Um, anyway, that's my first choice. Sorry. Okay, nice. so keeping it up with this. So all of these artists I've chosen, yeah, they're current jazz artists making new huge project music, always super innovative. So that that band was very fusion jazz. They've got a lot of different elements coming in, but there's a lot of improvisation as well. Uh, this next is a singer called Jasmia Horn. What? Uh, so she uh, is Dallas from Dallas, Texas. Uh, she attended performing arts schools all her life, and then she won a bunch of awards. She won the Sarah Vaughan International Jazz Vocal Competition, Thelonious Monk Institute International Jazz Competition, Downbeat Magazine's Rising Star. She's just been on the up from basically 2010 and released two albums, 2017 and 2019. Um, and this song is from her 2019 album, Love and Liberation. It's called Free Your Mind. It's a song that she wrote. It's kind of like a um, more traditional style jazz, I suppose, than certainly since my last one, since Lingus, um, because it's like kind of up-tempo swing. Mm-hmm. It's a song that she wrote. It's kind of got these arranged hits behind her in the band. She has this... Um, she has this really great video on YouTube that you guys should check out where she's talking about, she describes Ella Fitzgerald's style of scatting and she explains how it's influenced her and the phrasing and that kind of stuff, just kind of breaking it down, just really like really simply. And then she sings like Blue Skies, a very famous song yep. of Ella Fitzgerald and explains how that's influenced her style. Um, but she is just a powerhouse. Like she's so, um, she's African-American and she's got this beautiful um, presence when she, she kind of reminds me of Erica Badu. Mm. Not in, not in looks, but just in the way she holds herself. She's got this real presence, like womanly, centered thing. And then she just like shreds. She scats amazingly, and she also belts. So, like it's just, it's just this really free, like totally um, from the soul singing. It's so, so enjoyable to hear. She's a, I'm a huge fan of hers. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's really, really cool. I discovered her before I went to jazz school, and just have been obsessed ever since. She's brought out two albums since then, which has been much to my happiness. <laughs> Um, in 2017, she came to Australia and she was featured in the Generations in Jazz Comp. It's like a thing that James Morrison, famous trumpet player here, runs and there's like a competition or whatever and she was featured in there. So she played with like a bunch of Australian artists. Pretty cool. That would have been cool for them too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And she, um, she's she been nominated for two Grammys for Best Jazz Vocal Album for her two albums that oh, she's wow. put out. And she's like, she's pretty, I think we're the same age actually, which is progressing. But anyway. oh. uh, so <laughs> there you go. My next one. Beautiful. My next one is a song called Truth. And it's by saxophonist Kamazi Washington. Yes, know him yeah. well. Yeah, yes, I've been him. Um, so this is from his 2017 EP called Harmony of Difference, and it's a concept EP. It's six tracks, and the sixth one, which I've chosen, Truth, is a culmination of all the different themes that we've heard in the five previous tracks. This song is like half the length of the album. <laughs> like it's an EP, so it's not a long. So it's like 20 minutes. It's like uh, it's like it's it's at least 10. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like it's, ba- it's basically the s- same length as all the other songs combined yeah. because it's this is huge it the other songs it's combined? this huge <laughs> it's this huge thematic um, 
uh, build up from all the other songs. It's really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's stunning. It's like it's a real it's a real sit back and you could do other things while you did it, or you could just go internalize and really feel the song. It's a really gentle, beautiful song. It has um, guitars and synths and strings, and it has this big choir that comes in with these kind of sweeping R's that are quite um, kind of operatic sounding in some ways. Yeah, there's like a high um, soprano singing above, um, and he's he's on saxophone but he's not massively featured he's just kind of leading the band in this right. beautiful rolling thing and then it has this big swell and then it kind of drops away and the jam uh, the band has a little jam just like Kamazi in the rhythm section um, in this kind of soul feel and yeah it's a big journey <laughs> an we emotional like journey, journey. Like journey. journeys are good <laughs> journeys are good yeah and it's a long journey so strap in uh, the song was featured in the show Homeland oh in like one of the like Kamazi's performing oh, on the stage oh yeah yeah, yeah, because Homeland used a lot of sort of jazz music. Oh, yeah, and I I've, well, I've never actually watched it, but I've seen parodies of it, and it's all about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they sort of make fun of the fact that there's lots of like this sort of different kind of instrumental jazz playing, and she's always drinking wine and popping pills. I don't know. Anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like during some big character reveal moment, yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> But for those of you who aren't familiar with Kamazi Washington, you probably would have been familiar with the sound of his saxophone because he's collaborated with so many artists, Herbie Hancock, George Duke, Snoop Dogg, Shaka Khan, Thundercat, Kendrick Lamar, so many, so many people. I've talked about the Kendrick Lamar album To Pimp a Butterfly before on this podcast and on the uh, hip-hop episode and Kamazi is the saxophone player playing on that album. Um, so he's a huge crossover artist into a lot of a lot of genres but hip-hop is a big thing for him as well. Um, fusing those sounds of the harmony of jazz with the kind of feel of hip-hop which I love all music critic Tom Durek says the album's chock full of refreshing sophisticated ideas all balanced by an emphatic inclusiveness that engages the listener at both musical and emotional levels nice that's so beautiful yeah now I'm going to bring it home to Australia yay some Australian (laughs) jazz oh my oh my god Um, so this song is called Sweetheart and it's by Sam Anning, who's a double bass player from Australia. Um, he's, there's a couple of versions of this song out there because he's played it with his trio previously and potentially someone else has covered it. I'm pretty sure I've heard another version. Cannot remember who. Um, but uh, the version I'd like, please, to the powers that be, yes. is him and Australian vocalist Kristen Barati. They did a duo album together. It was the first duo album they've done together called Our Songs, Not Songs. And so it's just a bass and vocal whole album, which, you know... Just bass and vocals. Little, yeah, just double bass and vocals. Right. So very exposing. I mean, they're both beautiful players, like so melodic. So like the way that Sam, like the timbre of Sam's bass isn't like a real boomy mm-hmm. bass. It's just really, really kind melodic, lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very sweet. Um, the album itself, Our Songs, Not Songs, it's titled after a Japanese poet, Ryokan Taigu, that goes, the poet goes like this. Who said our songs are songs? Our songs are not songs. When you know that our songs are not songs, then we be- can begin to discuss song. Okay. And they, they were like, that's the title. Grace, Grace is bringing so much poignancy to the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I heard an interview um, with <clears> Sam Anning. And, and Kristen, they were talking about this this album and the um, songs that they've written on it or arranged. And Sam said that the time he wrote this song, it's this really simple, lovely bass riff. Do, 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 do. You know what? I think that's another song of his. You know what? Listen to the playlist. You'll figure it out. <laughs> 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 
I may be confusing that with I think this, it's another Pat song Gracie's of his. Bedtime. <laughs> hey, get out of here. So he said he was doing a, his like modern jazz thesis or whatever at the time. I believe it was his master's, but don't quote me on that. It could have been his honors. Uh, but he, and it was like really deep into like free jazz. And he wow. just wanted this release of like just a nice, sweet song. Doesn't have any complicated harmony. I can just chill out. And so he wrote this song. It's like oh, a little, little oh, reset like palate cleanser. He's going yeah. to be my friend. I'm going to get on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to go meet Sam. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, yeah, this is a really lovely song. And I am so excited for you guys to hear it. Mm. My very final choice. Yes. Is by um, prolific piano player Robert Glasper. Mm. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Not, oh, I thought oh, I thought you to say Billy Joel for one of these prolific <laughs> Billy <player>. Joel. <laughs> We're talking jazz today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Robert Glasper, he um, I've chosen the song Butterfly from his 2009 album Double Booked. Now Robert Glasper is everything to me that I love about jazz because he's this huge crossover artist between hip hop and jazz and he really embodies both ideas. And he, you know, um, Jay Diller is someone that you could compare him to in terms of the way that he marries both styles really beautifully. Um, he's worked with Erica Badu, Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar again, Moz Def, so many different people. Um, and he has released albums on Blue Note Records which is a really prestigious jazz record label um so he's got really got like clout in that area but also in this huge um dynamic fusion and hip-hop era he's been nominated for seven grammys and he's won three of those amazing he's also won an emmy award oh my god yeah he's got egg egg and egg Um, so this is his fourth album and the song I've picked is Butterfly. Now the album has two parts to it, which is kind of like the two parts of him I think he must have felt at the time. First half is the Robert Glasper trio, which is like his jazz trio. It's a lot of more standard sounding swing, still like exciting arrangements and originals and stuff, but acoustic sounding jazz, like what you'd hear if you went to a jazz club. Then the second half is the Robert Glasper experiment. And that's much more electronic, electric bass is in there instead of double. And there's a lot of synths and uh, like funk influenced tunes. So it's kind of like these two halves of himself on this album. And this song is from the second half from the funk influence. Oh, I like that. <laughs> it's got a vocoder on it, which is kind of oh, cool. I love yeah. it. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> it's actually a song written by Herbie Hancock that he's okay. covered and put a vocoder on yeah. called Butterfly. Yes. So to date, he's released nine albums. And I mean, he's just going to keep churning them out because, you know, he as a um, prolific artist in jazz and hip hop, is um, responding to the culture and to the times and there's just so much inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right now. There's yeah. so much to say right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speak on it. So that's amazing. Oh, that's so good. Ja- I was going to call you jazz. So good. Great. So good jazz. I'll so take good it. Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> love hearing it and love just getting a little bit of the history as well of jazz yeah. and, and how it's all been influenced and how these artists have all been influenced. So, that's really good. All right. So we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with our favorite segment. And we're back again. Hello. Back, back, back again. Yes, we is. All right. Well, we've had a education. Education. Um, on this beautiful episode of Shuffology. Uh, and it's really, really interesting. After Grace's prolific, uh, you know, I guess, breakdown of her choices, we also got to choose a flop. <laughs> <laughs> so jazz music we don't like. Now, I was going to choose nearly the whole catalogue. I was joking. joking. Oh, <laughs> so, so much. But let's not throw it over to Grace because, oh no, let's actually go and tell you what the section is. It's called... It's, it's a, a flop. flop. 
And we're going to hear from, let's hear from Grace first. Okay. Well, I mean, like, there's so much that I could have picked. There's plenty of stuff that I just don't care for. But I decided to go for a Charlie Parker tune. (laughs) It's called Just Friends. It's from his Charlie Parker with Strings album. Now, it's well known. (laughs) <laughs> in the it, like sixty, maybe pre seventies era of jazz, like twenties to seventies, um, that when you made it, you did an album with strings because that appealed to a white audience. Right, of course. And it was like, <laughs> uh, but it's also like that's when you've sold out as well because, <laughs> because you're whitewashing right. the shit yeah. out of the music, I and can't it's wait Charlie Parker with his bebop lines yes. and a string, string. orchestra. Right. So stupid. Well, I can't wait to perform my version of My Funny Valentine by strings now. Uh, yeah. I am a <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you say? Piano and strings. Yeah, that's piano's, all you want. And then it's like it meant that you'd made it to artists that got there because they'd been paid shit for their entire yeah. being treated like shit, not allowed to play, yeah. like played for whites only things yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But then suddenly had been made made it to a white audience. So it was a huge mm. thing, but it's like also sell oh out God. there. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine that sounds good. <laughs> by I Charlie mean, some Parker. people like it, but mm-hmm. I don't. No, uh, so know. we're saying no to that song. How about you? <laughs> well, I I had trouble because I tend to like most jazz, and I also didn't have a lot of time. So <laughs> I thought about a. Love this woman as an actress. I think she's an amazing actress. Do not like her singing voice. So I just looked up Glenn Close, jazz. (laughs) (laughs) And I found her singing Send in the Clowns. And I said, that's it. That's my plot. Send in the Clowns. (laughs) Which I have a very funny story with this song. A classic jazz standard. (laughs) Yeah. The The most classic. (laughs) When I was in high school, so I don't know if they do this here in Australia, but in America, we high schools can be adopted by corporations or organizations, meaning that they either provide some sort of funding or, I don't know, they could provide anything, tutorial service, whatever. So my high school <laughs> was adopted by the IRS. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm not like, uh, I, <laughs> yes, definitely. I have no idea what the IRS did for us. No, like, because I mean, I went did the to get a tax break. Like, what's maybe <laughs> like I went to a magnet school. It was the top high school in the state. It's in the top 100 of the country. So I'm like, I don't know why the IRS wanted to adopt us, but anyway, they did. Oh, that's so weird. And so the jazz band, I was in jazz band, and they asked us to you know, perform a, a cer- like at the ceremony, you know, to recognize that the IRS was adopting us and so my jazz band teacher you know he came in he's like guys we're gonna have to play the ceremony I'm just trying to think what should we play (laughs) and so I said let's play send in the clowns there was laughter for a good 10 minutes Because, yes, I was the class clown. I was, uh, in case you didn't get that, <laughs> yeah. story. I was the class clown. Actually, Send of the Clowns is from, I think, A Little Night Music. It's a Sondheim musical. Yes, yes. And <laughs> I know that it's, like, out of context, probably one of his most famous like songs totally, yeah. Yeah. but in context, context I actually never found it fit in the show for me I was yeah. like this is a lot of emotions yeah there's uh, a lot of like, emotions this is a lot for someone that just, like, wants to have an affair or I, I remember just, it's also mm. a weird show in general like right. sort of thing. I, I remember, know the show yeah, I remember seeing it a couple of years ago because um, I think it was uh, the Queensland's or, no the Brisbane Orchestra or something put it on at the okay. Princess Theatre in oh, the okay. middle of summer ew and so everyone's like sweating watching yes. the show it's really really interesting but um, <laughs> yeah but like yeah, for me like it just it never made sense to me that's it's a weird song. But I know a lot of famous people like are known for that song, like mm-hmm. Judy Dench and mm-hmm. um, you know, you watch Sunlight. It's a very heart wrenching sort of Yeah. Yeah, but I just thought it I just like the title because I was like the IRS Well, I'm not really like a huge Sunday fan, but I try not to talk about that too often. Oh. <laughs> I'll 
I'll get don't ripped, get ripped by the musical theater community. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I went on musicals, taught me everything I know, and I told them I don't know anything about Sonic. Oh! Like, oh! <laughs> the daggers. I, I got do like daggers. In, I do like Into the Woods. I really, really, really? like Into the Woods. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I think, yeah. I feel anyway. that that show is like 45 minutes too long. Oh, an hour, how about an hour and 45 minutes too long? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> two hours too long. They should just uh-huh. never have made the but show. But you know how, I yeah. think I'm, when they were doing like previews like out of town, mm. people thought that Act One was the end of the show because yes. it finished. Yes. And they apparently they were, and apparently like Scott Sondheim and James Lapine were like getting like running out the door saying, "There's a second act. Stay. You yeah, don't have to no, go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know. It's it, it's for me. It's a boring musical. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Anyway. I wish. Anyway. So. What's your flop, Josh? Yes. <laughs> now uh, the reason why I chose this as my flop because I feel like this is like now I'm probably calling myself out on this as well. It's like you go up to something. Go. Oh, can you sing some jazz? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars I was going to choose this or The Way You Look Tonight But oh, I actually man. love The Way You Look Tonight As in, okay. I think it's a really beautiful song And um, yes, yeah, so Fly Me to the Moon is my flaw nice. <laughs> I would, Yeah, I, I don't enjoy singing this because it feels really cheesy But I love listening to the Frank Sinatra version. Yeah, me too Every now and then it's yes. like it so nice. beautifully Especially because yeah. the, the, the horns come in so abruptly So, so it's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's Fly great. Me to the Moon And you go Oh, like <laughs> all the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, I think it's on the Count Basie he, album with him, right? Oh, is I that the know. one it is? I'm it's like sure. yeah, it's beautiful. It is horny. Yeah, yeah. It is. and that's the best thing about even like you know when we're talking about like the Lady Gaga thing, where like <laughs> you know cheek to cheek, like, the band is really the star. Oh, they're amazing the musicians are like yeah. the hi- the highest level ca- yeah, like, caliber music yeah. you can get for a session. For you know sure. what I mean? Like that's why I love that. Well, and that's it. And guys, that's the end of the season. Oh my god, it is the end of the season. Mm. Tune in on December because there could be just like a special episode. We're gonna have a little. I mean, in December, I, mean, I don't know what. It could I'd hear pop- some hooves on your roof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Might hear some what? I don't know. What the fuck did you call me, bitch? <laughs> but it, yeah, so there could, stay tuned because the next couple of months in December there could be a certain theme. I think you know I'm gonna like you know the, the queen of festive could definitely be. A <laughs> Involved in, in this one. <laughs> and yeah, but thank you so much. We started this podcast back in April. Um, it just did. happened to be during um, Queensland's lockdown. Yes. Which is so funny because, like, one week later, I, I, saw, um, so I, got, I saw that video about um, all those Aussie artists being like, please don't start another fucking podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. who are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Deborah Malman. <laughs> Shut up, Osher Ginsburg. Like, whoa, whatever. Yeah, I so, but thank you for like. every single person that um, has tuned in every week with yeah. us. You know, we started out with Liam. Shout out to Liam as well because he was a part of the start of the season as well. And then, um, Gracie taking over after a little while as well and so we're so glad that we can really talk about what we love the most which is music and shout out to That's Not Canon Productions and Zane Weber for approaching us to begin with because I'm sure he was like who can talk about pop music (laughs) (laughs) nobody I know (laughs) he's like Asami and Josh Devetta sort of thing and yeah so we're so grateful for everyone we we love all the messages and all the comments that you 
guys have uh, shared with us over the uh, over time. Uh, thank you to for the emails as well. Like we really really have enjoyed it. This is a love project, so yeah. um, I, it really is the highlight of my week when we get to uh, just sit down for a couple of hours and talk about. All right. Well, my name is Josh Devetta. We have Asabi Goodman. Hey. Gracie Mack, thank you for coming into the lab with us. And we will possibly hear from you in a festive month of December. All right. All right. Peace. Bye. Bye. Hello. I hope you enjoyed slash are enjoying slash will enjoy whatever podcast I'm in right now. Once you're finished with it, why not pop on over to Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams, a podcast exploring the lives and minds of theatre practitioners in and around the New Zealand performing arts industry. Join me, James Shearer, in a deep dive into what makes this industry tick. You'll hear conversations with some of the top names in the Aotearoa performing arts scene and beyond, from the up-and-coming to the big Shorty Street stars. So, if you're into the performing arts, come on over to Broadway and other Kiwi dreams. Because no two journeys are the same, and wherever you are in yours, I hope we can inspire you to soldier on and keep following your Kiwi dreams. Uh, that's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.